2023. We hope you've all had a good Christmas and New Year, even though all of that was about two and a half weeks ago now. <laughs> We've got Warwick and Kempton as the highlights of the racing world this weekend. Two big handicap puzzles to solve as well. The Lanzarote over hurdles at Kempton and the classic chase over fences at Warwick. And here to go through it all with me is the big man, James Watson. How are you, mate? Doing well. Um, refreshed after our break. Uh, plenty's happened over the last two weeks. And looking forward to getting our teeth stuck into this weekend and the return of Davy Russell. Yeah. Yeah, that... Uh... To be fair, he might, his retirement might have literally lasted the amount of time we've had off the podcast. Yeah, I think it has. And we'll start the new year kicking straight off with the Hampton Court Moses Chase at Warwick. A little bit of a poor turnout, to be fair. Your typical small field, grade two Novice Chase. That was so used to in this country. Complete unknown is six to five. To be Gallia Dilletto, five to two. Seven to two, the Goffer. Irish Raider for Gordon Elliott and 12 to 1 John Tillman at arms. Jim, I think this is simple, complete and honour win. Yeah, the step up to three miles, um, back, back up to three miles, I sort of certainly think will suit him again. Uh, he was slightly outpaced over 2 5 at Foss last and stayed on strongly to get his head in front and back up to three miles here. I think he'll take a lot of beating. Um, he'll, he's raced against the Gaia de Lattel before uh, beating her by half a length at uh, Ascot in a novice hurdle back in January 2022. So they faced each other before and come out on top. Uh, first Lord de Coues didn't run too badly behind Monbeck Genius the other day. And that farm has taken a boost. If his jumping holds up around Warwick, which it can be tricky sometimes, and then fences in the back straight. Um, but a uh, uh, novice chaser on his second start for Nichols will be heavily schooled and I'd be fairly confident that he'll be able to get his head in front. A bit boring to kick off the podcast and kick off the new year, but nothing really changes here. Yeah, I I, I really like the horse last season, to be fair, mate. Uh, always appealed to me as a sort who would make a better chaser. I'm a little bit annoyed that I think they're going to blow here what, what was a really nice mark of 142. Uh, but that, that being said, I think this looks a bit of a cheap, a cheap grade two. The Goffer's got some decent form to his name in Ireland. Uh, p- probably could could do with brushing his jumping up. Gallia de la Tau was obviously a little bit of a hype horse going in, going in at Kempton. Uh, let down by a jumping that day. I find it hard to put an accurate figure on what she's done so far, if I'm honest, mate, and therefore... I'd always be a little bit inclined to leave her alone, especially when she's shot in the market. Gentleman at arms just needs to leave his chasing debut form form behind. Uh, so yeah, completely unknown. Short price, but a pretty pretty solid pick for me there, mate. Fair enough. Kick off the new year with a shorty. Kick off kick off the new year with a small field novice chase. What else can you do in that circumstance? The Leamington novices hurdle can throw up a good horse. I think it might be a decent renewal this year. Uh, and the betting is tight as well at the top. Ginny's Destiny, Grey Dawning and Nosley Road are set are all 7-2. Snake Roll is 9-2. Gavega, 7-1. Tens Moon Hunter and 18-1. Mexico. Jim, where would you start here, mate? Yeah, an absolutely fascinating race, I think. It's a great, fun-looking 
groovy because there's a lot of nice horses who I think will go on to win nice handicaps through the season. Maybe they won't be graded animals, but um, the horse that I've landed on, and I mentioned him a few weeks ago when he bumped into the eventual Tolworth winner, was Snake Roll. Um, I was a massive fan of what he did to Captain Broomfield at Kelso. He absolutely dominated him from the front, winged every hurdle, nothing got to him. And then at um, Haydock, he took a lead and he didn't jump as well. And obviously he bumped into Tamoris, who we saw one at the Tolworth last weekend. And sizing Potsy, who's a fairly who's a fairly decent rated chaser, when with Jesse Harrington and now with David Pike. And he just looked a tad outpaced over two miles. Uh, he'd come from a point-to-point field and he'd, he'd been placed twice in them. And maybe he, I thought two-mile Haydock on soft ground would, would suit him, but that was a too-sharp test for him. He stepped back up to two-mile for uh, at Newcastle, dominated from the front under Alan Doyle, carrying the penalty. Uh, Doyle took uh, five-pound off his back that day. And... He jumped them into submission and he was far superior. Um, it's intriguing that a fairly quick turnaround, uh, 19 days later, he's, he's, he's come in here. And I think that uh, this fella could be progressing fairly fairly quickly and, and stepping up to two mile five on heavy ground. I certainly think your relative, uh, his point to point form hasn't looked out too badly. Um, the legislator, who's also been bought by Lucinda Russell, come out and won and beat Imperial Merlin, a horse who me and Lewis liked a lot this season, um, which I don't think is no bad thing. And um, I think he, he, he'll he go well at the prices. I thought at 92 he offered interest. Um, the Lacey and Shepherd horse, Grinny's Destiny, uh, was impressive at Warwick uh, over course and distance in November. He beat Luckaway, uh, Ernest Gray uh, and Mexico. Um, look away, of course, won at Aintree last season in the bumper. Uh, and Ernest Gray has been slightly disappointing after winning two bumpers last season. And there were a few disappointing behind. Um, however, I really like what he did that day. Out of the three market leaders, I think I'd be siding with him. He's, he's a year older than most of these. and uh, I think his experience will, will ha- hold him in good stead. My only worry is Yates is tend to want quicker ground. Um I know it's going to be fairly bottomless at the weekend. We've seen him win on good and, and uh, soft. However, I'd be slightly worried if on bottomless ground, how he'd be going in the ground. Um, I didn't like what Gray Darnham did last time. I know he won that handicap, but uh, he looked green as anything under pressure and didn't know what he was doing. Um, he'll obviously be a bit better for this, but he'd already had a fair amount of starts. And, and that'd be a little bit of worry for me. And Nosley Road, I think, in the horse screaming out for three miles already. Um, the form's been let down and a few of these behind him at Chepstow. And I'm not sure he's as good as his rating of 131 probably suggests at the minute. Um, but Snake Roll's the, the main one that I, I'm siding with here in, a, in an intriguing video of the Leamington. Yeah, I, I, I like I like all of them as prospects, mate. Uh I'm signing with the one you, you seemed least enthusiastic about, uh, which is Knowsley Road. Uh, similar to what you mentioned about Ginny, Ginny's Destiny, I guess we're untested enough on on this sort of ground, you know, good ground winner at Chepstow last time. He made his debut. Uh, 
in a heavy ground bumper at Exeter when he was when he was beaten favourite. But I've, I've just been uh, really taken by him in his two starts over hurdles so far. Last time, I, I, I specifically kind of like the way how when when the runner up uh, came to came to tackle him. Nosey Road was like he found another gear, but he was, he, he, you know, he, he travelled through the race really well, kind of looked in control, then looked in a little bit of danger, and then quickly looked in control again. I like that in a horse. Uh, you know, Paul Nichols, I've got a feeling that this is probably one of Nichols' better novices this season. Uh, did he, I may be completely inventing this, uh, in fact, I think I am. I was going to ask whether he, uh, whether he, he and Tamuras ran in the same, uh, same novice hurdles, uh, just different, di- uh, same maiden, sorry, just different divisions. Oh no, no, yeah, Tamuras won the race before Nosley Road, although uh, they weren't, they weren't the same, di- uh, they weren't different divisions of the same event, but they did run back to back. Yeah, that that isn't me going daft. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, I. I Look, I can't say I have anything against all the others because how could you have anything against Jimmy's destiny after after what he did last time or Grey Dawn? And yeah, I kind of get that. Uh, he wandered an idol, didn't he? But, you know, he, he got the job done fairly simply. And you'd expect him to continue improving. Snake has been good so far. Givega, mate, I mean, could be anything. Wins at Wingfield and Fontwell. Uh, all right, form of it, nothing special on the face of it, but you know that that could be a really good horse. Moon Hunter two from two, you know it's. it's I just, think I think he's he's a fascinating runner in this because he took me by a lot surprise a lot. Moon Hunter, and I think a mark of one to eight could be might be generous, like generous at this time because I think he could kick on to be a fairly decent animal. What did he beat last time? Theatre Man was in behind. Hands off, who had nice. Bits and pieces of form, uh, and on debut he beat uh, Hitchin Jackie and the Imperial Big G, uh, BG. There's bits and pieces of form there which aren't bad, and he's slightly overpriced it turns out. I think. Yeah, it's, it's it's just it's just a race where, uh, barring Mexico, who again isn't a bad horse, but was was uh, fair, fairly soundly put in his place by Jenny's Destiny. If you came here to me and said, I fancied this one at the prices, I'd go, yeah, fair enough. You know what I mean? So so yeah. two races into the new year, and Lewis Tomlinson has tipped a six to five favourite and everything. <laughs> we start as we mean to go on, pal. Correct. We start as we mean to go on. Into a race I absolutely love, the classic chase. Now a premier handicap. It's it's such a tricky race, Jim, isn't it? Because sometimes it can be won by by a genuinely good animal. You know, one for half a strikes is probably you know the most uh, the most well known example of, of that type of that type of race. And then it could also just be won by like a Durham National type, like Rouge Blanc. You know, you, you don't really get that sort of crossover. In many other races, maybe barring Haydock, even off, I just tend to think the Haydock National Trial is a little bit stronger than this usually. Uh, 
So it, it always poses a really fascinating, fascinating punting puzzle for me. I don't, th- I don't think there's another race in the calendar that really uh, provides this, uh, the same sort of field as a classic chase does. Mr. Incredible is the 11th to Fav to win this on Rancid Horse. Uh, six to one, three under through five. Eight, Grumpy Charlie and Gatepan Colonge. Nines, I will do it and Lord Dominion. Same price, Nesta Park, not a chance. Sixteens, Commodore. Twenties, old favourites like Dingo Dollar and Fortescue. Twenty-two to one, bar them. Do you know, I've just called the favourite for the big race, Rancid. Do you agree? Yes, he's awful. Why is, why is he going off 11 to 2? Why is he favourite? Just because he's in uh, uh, Mr. Peebers' colours and... Willie Willie trains him is the only reason he's that price. Um, he's not shown, shown an awful lot since winning the Nace Beginner's Chase in 2021. Um, he got absolutely whomped by Hoyson York and he hasn't finished since. So um, I'll be looking to take him on. Mark of 142, I think he's incredibly hard. He's um, been put up £2 by the English handicappers for being brought down at the four. Right. There's nothing handicap-wise that warrants him to be favourite here. Three under three, five. Um, one on this card last year, he won the Hampton uh, Novice Chase. And I've had my question marks about him. And uh, I know you were quite strong on him for the Hennessy Lewis. Um, he comes in here off top weight. I'm trying to think of top weight. So I've run this race off the top of my head. And I want to say here Big Spender was top weight. Could be wrong. Um, but he's going to take a hell of a... Hell of a task for him off to Alfstone to win this, but I think he's classy enough to to do it. Um, but six to one is a little bit on the short side for me. West Bank Alonge has done a lot of progressing for Charlie Long's room for a stable that are in red off form. Um, off a mark of one, two, six here. Um, he won over uh, the course, beating Riley and Rocky's Treasure uh, uh, in November. Um, he's up six pounds for that. He's a progressing stage chaser. It's interesting they're going here next. And I don't think he'll be too far away. And Grumpy Charlie's another progressive young stage chaser who won at Newbury uh, in the Mandarin uh, 14 days ago. And he's up six pounds here. Um, Chris Honor's going to have a big weekend with two nice runners, uh, one here in Grumpy Charlie and one at Kempton. And I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not fully confident and set on anything in this race yet, but, uh, my shortlist would be headed by Greta Bank and Grumpy Charlie. Um, but of course we've got the Welsh national winner in, uh, I will do it coming in here. He's a lot higher in the handicap now and, as obviously we haven't seen him since. So, an interesting renewal, Lewis, a race that you thoroughly enjoy. Any Anything that you fancy? Yes, there is. Uh, two pretty contrasting profiles, but I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of three under through five. Uh, this, this ground and big weight... I, I was keener on three under through five for the Hennessy, despite it being a, a better race, you know, in terms of the level of horse that, that turns up there. Uh, I'd kind of have that as more his bag. Although that being said, I'd have ran him in the four mile the last season, if he were mine. 
rather than the RSA. So maybe I'm talking myself out of it because I, I, I see this as an attrition, attritional, gritty race. You know what I mean? And maybe just because three on the through five was uh, did a lot of winning last year in in poxy forerunner races. You know what I mean? That that he doesn't immediately strike me as a classic chase. Uh, you know, boat that knows how to win ugly or thrive from winning ugly. Uh, the two I think I'd side with at the prices are both, I guess, I'm not, well, I won't want to say big prices because of the single figures, but towards towards the top end, uh, get up and Collonge, uh liked what he did at Warwick. On his only other start this season, you know he's, he's won his last three completed chase starts. Fantastic staying family, you know. Of course, he's a, a full brother to Fontaine Collonge. You know the the dam's a, a sister to Neptune Collonge. You know he he's he just absolutely just like stinks of a progressive staying chaser. Who's just going to get better and better? He kind of reminds me of Time to Get Up before Time to Get Up won the Midlands National. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense, kind of doing it in in, in lower key races midweek, you know, uh, races that you, you form that wouldn't immediately catch your eye, but everything about him just just screams good staying chaser to me, uh, and he's still still on a fair mark one two six. Yeah, like him, almost certain he'll stay. And the other one. Talking about the Hennessy, the winner of that was was the Milos, and Lord Domeni ran in quite close at Bangor on return, and he's a horse who does love winning ugly. You know, of course he's look, he's not quite uh, being in the same form as he was, you know, two or three seasons ago when when he had a, a really really good admirable campaign. It was a little bit up and down last year. I thought Bangor represented his best run for a, for a fair 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 while. And one four six, you know, he's he's down in the weights. He was weight, he was rated one five two this time last last year, chasing home a, a very very progressive sort at Bangor last time over a trip which is probably well which has always been short of his optimum three two back up to three five this time uh, will be up his street. I thought I thought that was really encouraging, and and you don't have with Lord Dominion you've. The only question I think you have is right: Is he on a going day? Because you know, one, he's he's on a mark that's definitely feasible. He will stay. He will appreciate the ground. Uh, if he if he puts his best foot forward, as I think he did at Bangor on his only other start of this season, uh, he'll take a bit of whacking, mate. The, 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 there there will be very very few who will be as ideally suited to the demands of the race as Lord Dominey will be. Yeah, because this year it's going to be an absolute slog. Heavy ground, three mile five and worry. Oh, not for the fair heart. Yeah, would you do an over under on finishes? Ooh, interesting. Um, six finishes. Six. Six, and look. I, I slated him as he came in. If Mullins gets Mr. Incredible to win a race like this after just, just like an absolutely stinking attitude all the last season, 
you know, as I've said, I've mentioned this before, the, the biggest bet I ever had, I've ever had in my life, was on a Hoysen Yaw to beat him at Newbury last season. So I thought he was the, one of the worst favourites I have ever seen, especially against the horse of the Hoysen Yaw's quality. And he's a bad favourite again here. You know, his, his last three... OK, fair enough, he was brought down last time. But before that, refused to raise, you know, refused and pulled up. Just, just doesn't look... He looked slow when he won at Nace, and I thought that was... He, he was slightly flattered there because he he was off the bridle so, so, so far out and just kind of plugged on and overtook beaten horses. And it it looked impressive because he won from what looked like an almost impossible position. But it, he got himself so far behind. And, yeah, I, I, he's, he's not a horse I'm, I'm a fan of at all, to be fair. I mean, a race this competitive... Uh, I'll, I'll be dead honest with you, Jim. I'll let you know, you're a trade secret. There are 14, 14 runners here. Uh, time form ratings, Mr. Incredibles 13th. And he's 11 to 2 5. <laughs> he's he's you know, looked by the stopwatch, boys. You, you, you are backing the yard. It's not a bad yard to do that for. Uh, but you are backing the yard. There is nothing in this horse's profile that suggests he'll go and win this. Nothing. Uh, Which means one I, thing, everyone get on Mr. Incredible this week. I'll, I'll look a right mug and it'll probably happen, won't I? But you know what? No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, I, I couldn't be having him for love. Number. I'd want at least 16 on him. It's just, yeah. How... Go go and watch his his run at uh, Tremor, final start last season. He spits his dummy out after a mile. Like he doesn't even he, like he doesn't. It's, it's such a such a ugly run. He's there and then he decides he can't be asked and pulls up pulls himself up, pretty much. Uh, no bad 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 fav for me. Uh, in, in this in this sort of race as well, you want a horse who is gonna who is gonna uh, get their head down and graft for you and not throw the toys out of the pram. Uh, Mister Incredible f- throws his toys out of the pram in quite nice races. Uh, yeah, so look, he's 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 definitely gonna piss up. Now I spent five minutes slating him. Uh, Willie Mullins is a much cleverer man than I. Uh, but I'll, I'll take Lord de Manila and get up and Colons chasing Mr. Incredible home. And I'll join you with Greta Van Colons and Grumpy Charlie. Come on. Come on. Featherweight, McLernan and Longsden. We like that. We like that. Are there anything else you'd like to mention, Warwick, on Saturday? I guess we should kind of talk about the Potemps qualifier a little bit. Because this is always the funniest Potemps qualifier, because some of the Irish horses always come and get the marks. You know, but why did, it, right, well, why, why did they always they always enter them? But now they're actually running them this year. Do you not think? That's bizarre. Because last year there was seven runners in six places. Was this the race where we tip Riggs? And he finished seven. <laughs> yeah. 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 Even for us, that was a, 
That was exceptional going, Jimbo. Uh, Ash Town Lad heads the betting here, pal. Obviously, the beat to chase winner. He goes in at 11 to 4. The bomber Liston, 5 to 1. 6 is Ronald Pump, 13 to 2. Glimpse of Gala. 8 Sayada Burley. 11 Parry Kalor. 12 on the blind side. 14's level never running and 22 poor old Lieutenant Rocco who would have been such a good horse if he'd have stayed with a sensible trainer uh, Jimbo anything you'd like to mention on this race anything catch your eye there's, there's two there is two and uh, I mean the bomber listens a horse who uh, caught my eye last time at Kempton behind the grey dawn uh, behind grey dawning who I mentioned uh, was as green as anything in front uh, and looked like he was screaming for that step back up to three miles. Um, he's off a mark of one, two, three, and will need to win this comfortably or win again to be in the percentage of Cheltenham. Um, but he's got nice bits and pieces of form. He's been quietly campaigned. Um, I think he's of interest going forward. And at five to one, I'd, I'd be willing to back him each way at that and be a little bit scumbaggy. And the other one is, is another featherweight of Charlie Longson's. Um, from Marine Farm, who is glimpse of Gala, Bradley Roberts gets on really well with it. Um, won that Kempton uh, Mare's uh, finale at beating Cockercock and Get Tonic and White Hot Chili Philly, who are, who are all nice mares, and, and turned out fairly quickly again. Bradley Roberts on in a handicap. Uh, I couldn't let this inform Philly go at, at 13 to 2, so um, I've Played her each way as well. Um, you know how much I love potential qualifiers, and this season I've I've had some nice scumbag each way bets in them as as they all should be, down to the four runners now, uh, four places uh, to get into the the big one at the festival. But um, these two horses off low weights, I think, are, are ones to side with against the experienced types such as Isaiah Burleigh and Ronald Pump. Yeah, I think I think that would kind of be the way I'd be looking at it as well. A glimpse of Gala is is such a such a likable mare, isn't she? And I think she'll she'll give another really really good account here, mate. Ashtown lads, third entry sees him win this over hurdles. Never mind what he did in the beach. If he runs to that level, he'll win this. And I I don't get really why they wouldn't try him because this obviously isn't. You know, the attempts will be a bonus if they can pick, you know, run well in that. But Team Skelton, if you're Harry and Dan Skelton and Yates eh, at this at this moment in time, once you've spent, you know, seven million quid on another 110 rated animal, then you sit down and you say, what do we got to do for the rest of the year with Ashtown Lad? And then you say, well, we can easily run him in the first three years. We'll be happy if he finishes sixth or above in the attempts, and then we go and run the Grand National with him. You know, there's no need for any skullduggery with Ashtown Lad. Uh, not suggesting that that's that's the plan for all of these, uh, because I, I think that even even if you've tried skullduggery with a glimpse of Gala, she won't let you. She's that honest. But. Uh, I think he's the right fav. And I think he's a solid enough fav in a potential qualifier. Which isn't something I say I say too often. Will I back him? 
No chance. No. But uh, I think he's a likely winner. Interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd normally try and be quite, you know, these are sort of races where you, where if, if you want to try and make yourself look clever and make a case for a horse who gets stuffed, you can still kind of look a little bit clever while you do it. Uh, I don't think this is this is this is the race for that. Though. I think I think we keep it pretty simple. You know, I think Ashton will win it. Uh, we'll move away from Warwick now. Paolo says anything else you would like to draw attention to? No, that bumper. It just isn't me. No, not for me either. So we'll swiftly get rid and move on to Kempton Park, where we'll start with the 130, the Coral Racing Club handicap chase. And they currently bet for that tile tap of 3 to 1 5 to be Ansan, who's 7 to 2, Enrilo 4s, Smarty Wild 5s, Percussion 15 to 2, Kitty's Light 12, Belagas 20 to 1. Oh, for you in this, mate. Interesting. Um, I, I, I think Ansam's warm, warm into the task. Um, I don't think he's six in the uh, Hennessy was too bad. Um, just outstayed probably late on. He was up in the, the vanguard a fair way throughout and jumped right fairly a fair amount through. Uh, he was hampered by the loose horse and uh, he just ran out of gas late on. Uh, right, three miles on the sharper track like Kempton, I think he'll see see it to a better effect. Um, he's off a mark of one three five here, so he's been dropped too far for his last uh, win. Uh, for his six in that race, uh, he won off one three four at Ascot in that Howden Silver Cup. Um, so he's only a pound above that mark. I think he's a classier animal than most of these, and I think he'll. He'll take a fair amount of beating, but I know you're, you're a fan of the uh, Chris on the Train title tap. Yeah, I am, mate. Uh, I get the case around Sam, and I can see him running well, and I think kind of almost everything is in his favour in this race. Uh, you know, he's better right-handed because he just he jumps uh, quite markedly that way. He should get his own way in front this time. Uh, can I see Ansam leading all the way and, and fairly dominating this event? Yeah, I can. Uh, part of me just thinks Tile Tapper might still be a very well, very well handicapped though, because I, I'm such a fan of Remastered, and I thought Tile Tapper in chasing home last time uh, shaped really well, and he's still. You know, almost fully exposed, fully unexposed, sorry, as a staying chaser. Uh, again, I don't think Antam's on a bad mark, and, it, and it's a, it's a, it's a fractional one for me, mate. It's a fractional one. I think Antam will run very well. Uh, I, I think the market probably has it about right. I'd, I'd fractionally make Tile Top a favourite. Uh, just on account of, like I said, I think I think the form last time is is good. Ch- you know, chasing home a, a belting horse who, please God, they're running the Grand National this season. Uh, pro- proved he stays well there, and he's just not not had as many goals. He's just not had as many goals, and he he he, he could probably be, 
you know, I won't, won't be shocked if it ended up being a low 130s horse as a chaser. And that's the one. I don't I don't like too many of those down the field. If I'm honest, Smarty Wild's a horse I've given I've given a load of chances to. Uh, to be fair, he, he tends to run all right enough, doesn't he? But he just doesn't win very often. Uh, I can see that being being a similar case today. I like Percussion, Jim. I think he's a nice horse. Done the right way. You know, after two two small field wins at Suville in the spring. Uh, then he let Al Rock beat him, which really uh, no horse should be doing, getting dicked by a Fergan Wilson animal. Fergan Wilson? Hey, yes. <laughs> You like Voldemort, Jim, you can't say his name properly or else he'll come and haunt us all. Uh, well, the Seth and the Beach are in just strong form. Just strong form. And he ran well in the pair of them. Uh, going, going from the same mark as when he was third in the Beach and beating only five and a half lengths. Uh, Laura Morgan, class yard. Uh, he, he's a nice horse, mate. And it wouldn't surprise me if he produced a, a career best round here as well. I like that he's, I think this sort of a three mile round Kempton might be what he wants. He stayed further than I probably had him down as doing. When yeah, same But it, it wouldn't shock me if, if he, his optimum was, he was kind of like a, a speed horse at three miles. If you know what I mean. One, one that kind of springs to mind in that sort of mode is, do you remember Go Conquer? Yeah. He was a very good horse. He was a good three mile, uh, a good, you know, a proper good Saturday three mile staying mm-hmm. handicap chaser. Uh, but he was never a stayer, if that makes yeah. sense. And I think percussion's yeah, yeah, yeah. a type of similar type. He's not as good as Gold Conquer was, but that, that type of, uh, pace horse at the trip. Uh, I, I like a couple, of, I like a couple of these. I, I think a lot of them have decent profiles. Uh, and it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting watch. Fractionally siding with Tile Tapper, probably not a bet at the current prices. Uh, but yeah, thoroughly thoroughly see the case for Ansam. Yeah, and uh, Ansam for me, I'm I'm quite confident now. You've you've boosted me up a bit there. I know, I can see it, mate. I can see it. If if he's in front and in a rhythm, you know, after a mile, I think I think he'll take a bit of whacking. I do. Yes, definitely. Tile Tap is a sort of horse who can whack low, I think, off his current mark. So, moving on to the grade two, the Silvignaco Conti Chase. Uh, not really sure why this race exists. It didn't used to, did it? I don't think it adds anything. It's the Nicky Henderson, I want a race over two mile four that's graded in the middle of January race, isn't it? And yeah, I'll do a tweet and I'll moan about it, Jim. It's founded in, in a 2014. Six three three four six five five four four. Exactly. Who's the best horses won this race? Oh, good ones. Good ones have to be fair. Captain Chris throwed on, uh, but it does tend to go to that kind of uh, horses where you where you can't do anything else with them. Mister Fisher, Master Tommy Tucker, Vanny Tur. They all kind of fall into that. Yeah. Never zone. Uh, I'm a big Pick Dory fan, but I, 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 I think Dory fits that category, really. He does as well. He does as well. But uh, I like the horse, Jim, and he quite rightly heads the betting for this at a price 
of as it as it reloads six to four. Paint the dreams five to two. St Calvados eleven to two. Cool Cody fourteens. Condor Castle sixteens. And there's one I've not mentioned, Jim, because you know you know Peter K is touring again. Go on, I've got tickets. I know you do. I know you do well. Do you want some inside info? Go on. Do you want some inside info? I have been told, mate, that he opens his set, he comes out and he goes, because he likes remembering, doesn't he? Yeah. He loves remembering. He goes out and he goes, who remembers, who remembers Angel's Breath? And everyone erupts <laughs> into laughter. Uh, but obviously you can't use that joke anymore, because Angel's Breath is back after three years off the track. For Sam Thomas, interesting, interesting, interesting. He's 12 to 1. Uh, loved the horse as well before he got injured, but you couldn't touch him with a badge ball, surely, even for a for a good yard like Sam Thomas. Uh, Jimbo, th- th- this should be... Uh, again, I don't think Pick Dorias is that much better than Painting the Dream, but I just think this, this sort of race is in just such good effect. Bread and butter for him. Two and a half mile round Kempton. Belt off in front. Catch me if you can. And probably most of them won't. On official race, Bernie Dream's better than him. And every time <laughs> I see Pete Dory's name on, on a race card, I like to take him on. Uh, and I will probably take him on with Bernie Dream. Um, we know that he has a, a, a love for Newbury, but uh, we've never seen him around <laughs> Kempton before. Um, He's a horse I've got a lot of time for, Peyton Dream. And I, I think there's a, there's, nice, there's a nice race to be won with him somewhere. And hopefully this can get his, his first graded success. Um, St. Calvados, <laughs> with, with the Max Master on board. Um, hopefully he'll, he'll settle a bit better than he did at Ascot. Um, I'd love him to win a race. Just with Maxwell to winning grade twos would be nothing better, but... As a betting proposition, there he won't be having my money. Um, so I will probably be backing Paint the Dream to take on Pick Dory. Uh, Pick Dory does love <laughs> dominating small fields uh, in graded races, and, and that's what he's going to get here. Uh, I thought Harry Cobbing gave him a very good ride last time uh, at Huntingdon in the Peterborough. Um, he, he does like to make an error, Pick Dory, and he didn't make one last time. And he needs to be put perfect again here because I don't think Paint the Dream will be too far behind him. Um, officially, like I said, better off at the weights, but um, he's uh, Paint the Dream is better off at the weights with Pick Darley uh, on official ratings as well. So um, I will be signing with Paint the Dream at five to two. I think I've spotted something, Jim. I think I've spotted a horse who's the wrong price in this race. Cool, Cody. Well. Given that Cool Cody was a Grade Two winner last time out and beat St Calvados by ten lengths, <clears throat> why is Cool Cody fourteen and St Calvados eleven to two when they've got the same jockeys on board, Jim? Yeah, hey? That could be that could be an interesting angle. That's just the basic read of the form book, Jim. That's just the basic read of the form, you know. You can't, you know, I I do not believe I can't have, I mean, I'd be shocked if if the the man named Mr. David Maxwell, who is, you know, you can't have given him that bad a ride or else Nichols wouldn't have put him up again. 
<laughs> you know, so I must have spotted that. I must have spotted something there, pal. Must have spotted it. Cool, Cody must be an absolute certain in this race. Uh, Lace and Calvados for every penny you have. <laughs> but no, that, that's all. That's all tongue in cheek. Uh, I think Pick Dory probably wins. Boring and a lot. I know. Sorry. Disappointing. It's a boring, disappointing race. It is every year, so I don't know why we we get worked up about it. Yeah. I agree, Jim. I thought we were meant to be trimming the fact the contenders has gone. This should be next. This should be next. Uh, one race that's had a, a, a proper resurgence recently, I feel like. The, the, the Lanzarote, was, was it not, for, for a year or two, in danger of being, like, quite crap, quite regularly, yeah. when, like, you know, big time dancer won it off one, two, five. <laughs> and then two years later, you know, Bore and Bill won at 50s. You're there thinking, oh, this isn't a proper race anymore. <laughs> uh, but now it is a full 20 runner field cracking for the big handicap hurdle at Kempton. Their feature race of the weekend. And they currently bet Green Glory five to one to the outlaw Peter. Who's sixes, eights to Brovnik, Harry, two of the turf top twelve there, nines West Balboa, twelves Petit Tonair, fourteens Harbour Lake, Hermes Boy, sixteens Cobbler's Dream, eighteens Quinta de Mar, Scarface, twenties Campromd, Red Risk, Raf McNee, twenty-fives Staghorn, fifty ball, Pentland Hills, and twenty-eight to one. The rest of them. Uh, is it just that simple, Jim? Is it just that simple that Charles Burns trains the favourite in a big handicap? Pissed up last time. Just repeats the dose. I, I really wouldn't be surprised, you know. I mean, this Green Glory absolutely slew through the field at, at Leopardstown, ridden very, very confidently. Uh, and he cut through the field. I mean, he won off 111 that day. He's up to the one, he's up to 127 now. Um, he's obviously progressed quickly since hitting handicaps. He'd won a bumper. Um, he's run behind some decent horses like three car bags, four sixes, Sander Clagan. Um, I know Mugs over in Ireland and, uh, he didn't run too bad a race behind them. He wasn't beaten at massive distances. Um, obviously that they knew what they were doing with him first time over hurdles and, uh, uh first time into a handicap coming over here. Um, you'd have to be wary of him. Uh, he's, he's quite rapidly on the improve. Um, uh, you're looking at looking at our, our sorts over here in Outlaw Peter, a horse that you flagged up early season, Lewis. Um, second in Persian War and then winning comfortably at Exeter. Uh, off a mark of 130 now. I think this is the right move to go to go into a nice big field handicap for for a stable that are in flying form. Um, he he he'll be there and thereabouts towards the finish. The Bobnik Harry's coming back, uh, uh, hurdling going fence, uh, over fences last time. Uh, good third uh, in heavy conditions at Sandown last season, and and winning at Exeter in heavy conditions last year. Um, he's a horse that we've both got a lot of time for, and I'm no surprise that they're reverting back over to hurdles. We saw that Harry Fry did that last year with Boot Hill. He had one start over fences and wasn't. 
wasn't the greatest and then give him another year to mature and then went chasing with him and look what he's done this season. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does the same with Dubrovnik Harry here. Um, and I think he's a, he's an interesting runner and he's, I'm a small stronger on him than I am with Outlaw Peter. Uh, maybe the price is, is because of that. And one at a big price, who well, I'm going to have a little bit of a swing with, he's up for parole. Um, he was six in this race last season off a mark of 133, and that wasn't a terrible run. Um, eight lengths being by Cobbler's Dream. Normally he's a horse that likes to go forward, and he was held up a little bit and struggled to come through rivals late on. But um, he's been off the ball recently, since that since that run. He's not exactly run with, with that much promise, but his mark has dropped to a, a nice enough mark of 129. He won a head off of a mark of 127, beating some nice horses in a handicap. Uh, and he was beaten off 129 by Eden De Hoo over fences and uh, Camp Rond over hurdles as well in the in the Persian War last year. So he's a horse at 129 for a stable of Jamie Snowden who are going well at the minute. Uh, Gavin Sheen having a, a resurgence season and I think at 28 I couldn't let him go off at that price but uh, I'm wary of Green Glory and Dubrovnik Harry uh, and up for parole are, are the other two to my shortlist. I I think Green Glory is the right favourite. I think Green Glory my God could just absolutely piss up in this. But given that it's the it's the Lanzarote, mate, you, you want to be finding others further down the field. And I I think there are there are a couple who who strike me as being potentially over overpriced. One is a horse who I gave a positive mention to uh, earlier in the season, which is Petit Tonnerre. I liked what he did chasing Red Riscoe at Newbury. I, I put, uh, I, I made a case for him at a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a price there, and when he was third at, at Aintree behind Peking Rose, I, I think they represent good runs, and he's, he, he's still only a five-year-old, up another two pound to one for one. Strong travelling sort. You know, he, he was a mile clear of everything else at Newbury last time. Uh, he's 12 to 1 for the Lanzarote, having been 14 and 22s for his other two starts this season. But, he, you know, it's not the first time I've made a case for him this term. He's a horse, he's a horse I like, and I, I think he'll, he'll go well again. Uh, the other one, Jim, that struck me as being potentially. Potentially overpriced, and he's he's a bigger price. The 18s about Quinta de Mar. He'd have been placed in the race last season. He did not come down late, and he edged out Irish Hill, who, who's a you know since being the dual winner at Fontwell on his return. You know, I think he's a little bit overlooked, isn't he? Yeah, he was going well last year when. Uh, he fell. Up, uh, he he had gone well throughout the race. Sorry, for falling at the last. Um, Same that. He, he would have been. Yeah, he he'd be of obvious interest. Uh, Irish Hill has, I think, just come out and won. Uh, two since I think. Twice, yeah. So the form has so the form has been boosted. Nice horses in behind. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he runs a, a decent race at, uh, at eighteen. 
that, that struck me as being being the wrong price. Uh, five to one could prove to be the wrong price about Green Glory, though, Jim. You know, it could just be an absolute block, even though it's six, 16 pounds higher than when when winning at Leopardstown last time. Charles Bird gets one rocking and rolling, and the money comes for it. And this is a pot. Just, just looks blatant, doesn't it? Just looks blatant because it had uh, only won by a length last time, but just had had. I'm going to say had had the whole world in his hand. Uh, I thought it was school hall. Yeah, it's not quite, and we're not quite a. I'm not sure whether Charles Burns is is a religious man. Uh, I'd wager probably not. It's, you know, just reeks of something that everyone everyone can look at after racing. You kick yourself in, like, why didn't I back that when the most obvious one goes and wins? And everyone will be kicking themselves up. You know, it's five to one. It probably won't go five to one, will it? They'll probably end up shorter. Uh, but I, I think I've got six to four. <laughs> I don't make it. Wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I thought West Balboa again was interesting. She's she's shortish, uh, but still very very lightly raced, and I thought thought she shaped. With plenty of encouragement uh, on her return last time out behind Coccolico. Uh but I, th- I think I've got two decent ones to take her on with there. Petit to, to take the, the favourite on there with Petit Tenet and Quinta de Mar. Uh, give a shout for West Balboa. And uh, will I end up backing the favourite? Who knows? It's certainly a possibility. If it's six to four, you are backing. <laughs> yeah. I, I might just wait, wait and see the slightest market moves him. I might see it go five to nine to two, and I go, they're coming for it. And then it goes to just for seven. <laughs> Pile on. Pile on. No, easy work, Jim. Easy work. A 20 runner handicap has never looked more simple. Charles Burns has an unexposed favourite. Uh, if we get this beat, we know nothing. Anything else for you at Kempton, pal? I can't let Capital Toy go bigger than 10 to 1 at Kempton um, for Toby Laws. Um, his mark has dropped to 131. He beat Galahad Quest off 136. Uh, and he's been beating up higher marks since. He's dropped to 131 where he's had plenty of victories. Uh, at Str- he's at Stratford off 131. Uh, and he was... One at Fogwell off 134. Um, round Kempton, I, I, I can't let him, I can't let him go off that price in a race with a few regressive types. Um, I, I still think, uh, there's still a fair amount of winning to it, to be with, done with him. Um, and that was it on the Kempton cab. There's a, there's a few elsewhere, but, uh, I'll let you wrap up Kempton first. Yeah, not 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 too much for me elsewhere, Jim. Uh, that race that you mentioned, Cap or Toyin, probably quick draw for me there, mate. Uh, there's nothing nothing of immediate significant interest for me though. Late, uh, later on the card or earlier, uh, if I'm dead honest, that, that last uh, that last handicap hurdle might be a decent race. Uh, with Dear Mark, who's, who's probably quite a decent type, and I quite like what Caleb's done as well in his on his uh, 
on his two outings so far for for Eamon Murphy and, and a syndicate. Uh, one two five might be a stiff enough mark for him. But I thought, I thought he looked he looked a, a, a fairly nice horse for a lower level. Uh but nothing really for me, mate. If there's nothing else you'd like to mention across the weekend, would you like a nap? Um I'd just like to mention two at Weatherby. Um I only know the price of one of them. Hiroko for Oliver Greenhall at Weatherby at two thirty two. Uh he beat Fosters the Island at Weatherby in a handicap hurdle. Uh and he was well uh, regarded, of course, pitched into grade one company on, on debut, uh, at Chepstow and he won off a mark of one, two, one, up seven pound. I thought he won fairly comfortably last time. Uh, and he beat Hardy DeSoy as well, who we saw won a handicap last weekend. Um, so the farm is fairly decent. I think seven pound is generous and I think he could make up into a late one thirties, early one forties or so. I still think there's a fair amount of winning to be done with him. Uh, and the other one, in the 12.47 Choose the News um, for the Walford Yard um, he beat Step Above and IUI so that um, both winners of bumpers and Step Above had won uh, over hurdles beating Dan's Choice who we saw had come out and won a, a, a handicap at, uh, over Christmas in Ireland so I thought the farm was there, there to be taken on with and I thought that was a really good performance he made all he hung quite badly uh, around the paddock bend uh, and stayed on really strongly to winning and won fairly impressively. And uh, I think that's a, a nice base for him to, to take his next step into and choose and use his one to, to stay on the right side of. And in the three-mile novice hurdle, uh, novice handicap hurdle, Hassan Gardens stepping up to three miles. He, he won a point to point for the Sandy Thompson yard. Uh, well, prior to going to the Sandy Thompson yard, but in his sixth to Maximilian over two four, and then he'd, he'd had two more runs over two four and two mile. I think uh, a mark of a hundred could be fairly generous uh, for a horse that's got some fairly decent points to point form with with nice horses that he's beat before. So um, I think he's about three to one, and for a yard, I've got a lot of time for his Sandy Thompson uh, win surgery on the second run. I think he'll go fairly close, so whether it could be a nice punting day for me on Saturday. Fair enough, mate. I I still have a nap. I kind of like I like quite a couple of like eights and nine shots that I think uh, could easily run into the run into the placings, and I hope might even go and win. It's that sort of weekend for me, rather than you know having one I really like at fours or fives or a little bit shorter. Uh, of the races we've discussed, I think the uh, the likeliest winner is complete unknown. Uh, oh. oh, what a disappointment that is. I think, though, I, I didn't say I want to nap him, though, mate, because that's, so that's an absolute ball. I do think that is that is a right, that is uh, probably the likeliest winner of the races we've discussed. I might go get up and collage each way as the nap. Each way, you scumbag. All right, all right, all right, all right. Win. Get West a punk lunge then. Win. Get a punk lunge, and after you've after you've bullied me again, uh, I'll take all the credit if he comes and wins or says I was bullish five star nap. 
put him up myself. What does Watson know? Uh, I think it might be a decent weekend for GFP. I think he might have a few winners this weekend. Um, um, there might be a GFP multiple going on. You scumbag. You have the nerve. You have the nerve to use that word to describe me. And he's advocating JP McManus multiples. Uh, what a horrible way to end the podcast. Uh, <laughs> thanks to everyone uh, for sticking with us. Though. Uh, thanks for James for being here, pal. Thank you for hosting. Hopefully uh, we, we've pointed you in the right direction into the new year. Yeah, I'm on the telly again on Saturday talking about Warwick as well. If you can be asked. Are you uh, Warwick, Warwick, classic chase. Are you, are, you, are you going? Yeah. No, I'm not going. No. Just your little head will be popping on the screen. Yeah, the best way. <laughs> From the comfort of your own home. Always, always. Not about that high life, me mate. Don't need to be jetting anywhere. I'll sit there. I'll sit there next to me goldfish and try and give you the winners of the classic chase uh, <laughs> but yeah th- thanks everyone for tuning in uh, we hope, we hope you, yeah, you pick some winners this weekend and we'll see you all again next week take care see you soon see you soon